We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. I think this is a just a very appropriate subject, one that probably needs to be preached on quite a bit, especially in the day and age that we live in. We are a very materialistic society. I mean, very materialistic. It is... Uh, we're bombarded every day with commercials and uh, you know billboards and advertisements and you know these people that do this stuff they're smart I mean they do studies on how you know the brain works and how we look at things and and they use all that stuff on us every day I mean if you want to go to Walmart and you just want to go buy you know anything that I want to buy at Walmart's always in the farthest corner of the store so I've got to walk by all kinds of other Temptations, you know, and um, I mean, if you have television, the commercials, the amount of commercials and things you see is just crazy. All the advertisements get thrown at at you. We were just listening to the radio; the boys were with me, and a commercial came on for a weight loss program. And we heard, the, and the very next commercial after the weight loss program was an advertisement for a buffet. And, and you know, the thing is, people are going after both. Oh man, I, I could use that weight loss. And then they listen to that commercial, and oh, I could, I'd like to go to the buffet too. And then they do that. And so you've got everything working against you there. And we're hit so much with that. And it, um, the thing that we need to make sure we're careful with, and I, I'm speaking uh, to us as individuals today too, but also I think this applies to us as a church and something that we need to think of. But it's very important uh, that we know how to handle our possessions, how to handle the things that we have. We ought to take care of our possessions. We need to uh, not misuse them. But at the same time, we don't want our possessions taking over us. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, I want to read a few verses to you and we'll probably uh, go uh, be turning back to this passage occasionally. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In that passage right there, that's one that it's a very well-known passage of Scripture. We're not supposed to lay up treasures on earth. We're supposed to lay them up in heaven. That's That's very clear. However, we do have some treasures and we do have some possessions here on earth. And we ought to take care of them. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, we use them in a right way. I mean, if you guys saw me just, okay, you know, the Lord's helped us to get this new house. If we go and I'm destroying it, not taking care of it, if I'm busting windows like I'm doing right now and not fixing them, then you'd say, hey, you know, you, that would clearly be wrong. The Lord has given you something, and you say, you know, why are you letting it fall apart? Well, it's because I'm just I'm spiritual. I'm not worried about things here on earth. I'm laying up treasures in heaven. And instead of fixing that broken window, I'd rather put that money in the offering plate and give it to missionaries. Well, that sounds really spiritual. But hopefully by the end of this message you'll see that there is a balance to this and there's a uh, definitely priorities, but the first thing I want us to look at is, or first thing we need to remember, is that our focus in life it should be on the will of God, and not possessions. In verse thirty-three, it says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." 
Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We're supposed, our ultimate goal, our ultimate priority is the will of God. The kingdom of God. God's plan, that, that's number one in everything. When it comes to Liberty Baptist Church, that ought to be our goal is to glorify God, to do things according to His will, do whatever we can to advance the cause of Christ in our individual lives. It ought to be our, our desire, our main desire to be in the will of God. When it comes to possessions of the will of God, the possessions, they go out the window. God's will is the main thing. That is, that is the focal point. God's going to supply you with whatever tool you need, I believe, to accomplish His will. Whatever God wants you to do in your life, He's going to give you the things and He's going to provide the things necessary to do that. And, you know, I'd like to start a ministry where I can just go around giving people money. Alright? That would be a neat ministry. I'd feel really good about that. But you know what? The Lord has not provided the means for that ministry to take place yet. Therefore, I think it's pretty safe bet to say that's probably not God's will <laughs> for my life. I mean, that would be a whole lot easier. Sometimes it's like, you know what? You know, it's you know, it's it's kind of hard pastoring a church. Sometimes there's challenges. You know, it's kind of tough starting a church. Sometimes, you know, what if Lord, you just instead of me being a pastor, you somehow you know gave me millions of dollars, and I just went around and I was a financial help to other people doing the same thing, so they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? The Lord has, I'm pretty sure that's not God's will. The Lord has not provided what would be necessary to do that. But if it was His will, that He would, He would make a way possible for me to do that. You're never going to lack anything that you need in God's will. Psalms chapter 37, verse 25. Well, no verse, we, I think we looked at this one on Wednesday. It says, I have been young and am now old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We need to understand that when it comes to our needs, you know, food, that is a need. Okay? We, all, we all have to eat. As a church, there's some things here that we need. There's some things here that we want. For example, you know, I was, I, I, something I've been want, I'm hoping we can get pretty soon, I'd like to get a projector. I want, I'd like to get one you know, we can mount there on the ceiling and get a new screen. That one doesn't work very good. So we can use when missionaries are here, use for other things. And um, don't worry, I'm not planning on getting uh, doing like the karaoke type hymn singing that they do in churches. <laughs> but um, I'd like to get something like that. I think that would be kind of neat to have. There's a lot of you know stuff like that. But you know what? I'm not going to drop our missionaries to help fund that. I'm not going to start being late or not paying our electric bills and gas bills. So we can have those things. You've got to you got to prioritize. That's not necessarily a need. I'm you know while I would like to have that, I'm not going to go home tonight and while I'm praying, get upset at God because He hasn't provided for that yet. You know we can we can live without it for now. And if the Lord provides the means for it later, Hallelujah! That's a blessing. That's something. That's something extra. But. What we need, and the things that we actually need, God's promised to provide those things. God's, God's going to give us those things. He's going to He's going to take care of that. And so we just we got to make sure that our focus is always just on doing God's will. We're always going to have our will that we have to fight. Even Jesus, when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, "Not my will, but thine be done." Jesus had a will. 
but he allowed God's will to trump his will. And that's what we have to do too. It's okay for you to want things. It's okay for you to want to be a millionaire. It's okay for you to, you know, want to move from your house to move to some, you know, mansion, uh, you know, in Hawaii or something. Okay? That's, it's, uh, it's okay that you have that will as long as you submit it and you put it under the will of God. That, hey, this is a desire I have, or maybe this is even a goal that I have. However, until the Lord shows me that it's His will, I'm not going to worry a whole lot about pursuing it. That is not going to be my focus. But also we need to realize that what you possess right now, it's not yours, but it's God's. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. <clears throat> I'm not going to take time to read the whole passage, but this is another familiar portion of Scripture. Says, For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. He delivered unto them his goods. Okay? Keep that in mind. And unto the one he gave five talents, to the other two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability and straightway, he took his journey. He gave, he gave them his goods. And he allowed those men to take his goods and use them. And then later, those men brought it back, and when the uh, when the master came back, they brought back what he had given them, and they brought back even more. And the thing that we've got to understand with everything that God has given us is that it all belongs to Him. Sometimes we talk about the tithe as belonging to God, but really, when you stop and think about it, all of it belongs to God. One hundred percent of what we have belongs to God, and. When we have that mindset that what we possess is His and not ours, it will cause us to take care of those things. For example, I said if I'm letting my house fall apart and I'm trying to act like I'm spiritual because of it, or if I'm going and driving around and I'm just you know destroying my vehicle from lack of care and lack of maintenance, that is something I need to realize is that these things, they're not mine. They belong to God. The house that I have, it was given to me by God. And so I want to take care of it. I want to keep it in good condition. I, it's okay for when you, when you get something to make it better than when you got it. Because it, it belongs to Him. Our cars that we have, uh, our, our money that we have, it all belongs to Him. He's allowing us to use it. And I know when it comes to our, our things, you know, when I'm using somebody else's vehicle, for example, I usually drive a little more careful. Because... While I hate wrecking my own vehicle, I don't want to wreck somebody else's. I mean that. Let me tell you, I've damaged other people's vehicles before, and uh, it's not a good feeling. And uh, I think I've told some of you the story about when I let it accidentally let a tractor roll down a hill at Camp Joy one time, and it creamed the van of a missionary that was there at camp. Very low point in my life. I felt that big. And I felt even worse when he was super nice and gracious. and I think I'd have felt better if he'd have chewed me out and maybe even punched me in the face. I really think I'd have felt better. You look, you know, It's like, man, he should have just punched me because then I felt like, alright, you know, now, now we're even. But, man, I felt terrible about that because that's not my vehicle. 
And the sad thing was, it wasn't his either. It was his brother's. Maybe that's why he was so nice to me about it. But I, I, I did. I, I felt horrible about it. And when we realize that what we have is it belongs to God, we're going to want to make sure that we take care of it. I mean, have you ever let somebody maybe borrow your tool or something, and you got it back and it didn't work anymore? I and mean, that doesn't that doesn't put you in a good mood, does it? You let somebody use something, they just go and they destroy it and they didn't even bother to tell you about it. it. It's not a good feeling. And all these things that we have, they belong to God. And so we want to take care of them. We realize that He's just allowing us to use them. And so we want to be good stewards with what God's given. Everything we have is because of God. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 7, For we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God... Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. All those things that said to follow, those are all the will of God. That's what our goal ought to be. But sometimes, boy, we can fall into that trap. We can get into that snare where we just get to looking at the dollar signs. We get to looking at the possessions and the will of God just goes right out the window. Very, very dangerous. Our priority has got to be on the will of God and we need to realize that we did, we brought nothing into this world. Everything that you have right now, it is temporary. I mean, even if you succeed in keeping it for the rest of your life, you're not taking it with you. We've all heard that statement. You can't take it with you. It's You came in with nothing. I mean, from the time that you were born, when you were born, the doctors, they had to take you and your mother took you and they had to wrap you up in a blanket. They had to go and they had to put clothes on you. You you came with nothing. Babies, they don't even come with an instruction book. They just they're there with absolutely nothing. And everything that you've ever had, it was it was given to you. There was somebody at some time in your life fed you when you could not feed yourself. They clothed you when you couldn't clothe your, yourself. They they changed your diapers. They did all those things that were necessary. You weren't able to do anything for yourself. And I'm not trying to sound like Obama right now with the whole you didn't build it statement that he got famous for last year, but the truth is we all have had a lot of help. And these things, these helps, they came from God, not the government, by the way. <laughs> Side note there. But God, He has, He's given you, He gave you those parents. He's given you those friends. He's given you all maybe different people in your life that influenced you in different ways. And all, everything that you, that where you're at right now today, it's all a gift of God. From every item of clothing that you're wearing to the fillings in your teeth to whatever, it all is something that... that uh, it's a gift from God that we need to thank Him for. And the problem is, it says here that uh, it refers to... Uh, they that be rich will fall into temptation and a snare. It's a trap to get to where we allow riches and possessions to become the focal point in our life. It's a trap that many people are in. I mean, there literally are people 
We see them all the time who appear to have everything, but they can't enjoy it because they're in this trap that they've just got to get more and more. And it's it's foolish. It says in many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men. You know, when it's when you use that term drown, I mean it's like when you drown in water, you're completely covered with water. I mean you're overwhelmed, you're over your head, and that's where people are today. I mean, you go talk to some people about going to church, and there's just no way they're drowned in all their activities. They're drowned in all their possessions and trying to take care of things, and they're worried about so much, so many physical things that thinking about spiritual things is the farthest thing from their mind. They're drowned by those other things, and we don't want that to happen. But we also need to remember that God's not going to give you more than He can trust you with. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Listen, if you're crooked with little things, you're going to be crooked with the big things too. Same thing applies. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So God, we see here the importance of being faithful in the little things. And God isn't going to, He's not going to trust you with more than He knows you're going to handle. None of you parents in here would give your children a thousand dollars to just go do with as they saw fit. That would be pretty dangerous, wouldn't it? I mean, chances are um, they're not going to use it in the wisest way. I mean, they're going to be going and buying three different video game systems, and I mean, who knows what kind of junk? They might buy a bunch of candy. I mean, who knows? Most aren't real responsible. Most kids, if you give them money, if you gave them, you know, even a hundred dollars, they're not going to look at that and say, "Wow, you know, I think I'm going to save, uh, you know, half of this for my college education." You know, they, they don't think that way. Yeah, they're not that responsible uh, yet. Hopefully, they will be. Someday, um, there's a lot of adults that have not learned that lesson, and I, I've known some folks, some wives who are disturbed and distressed because their husband chose to spend the last fifty dollars instead of on groceries on a video game. That's uh, pretty irresponsible. That's um, pretty childish. Okay, that's something my kids would do. Hey, kids, do you want to go buy a new video game or do you want to go buy fifty dollars in groceries? Well, they take the video game in a heartbeat because. And you know what? We do the same thing sometimes. We're foolish with what God does give us. We're misusing it all the time. You just and God knows I can't trust them with more than that. That just means they will get into bigger trouble. And so that's why we've got to make sure we're faithful in these little things. And the Lord's going to see that and say, you know what? I think I can go ahead and trust them with more. I think they can handle it. But God trusted Job with a lot. And when Job was tested, Job passed that test and God ended up giving him double of what he originally had. I mean, it was, it was absolutely terrible what Job went through. There's, you know, other people, you know, uh, you know, in, you might know some people who've been through some horrible things. Maybe where they lost everything financially. But the Lord 
restored it. He gave it back to maybe even gave them double. They ended off better than they ever were because it was clear in this in the story of Job when Job lost everything that his focus in life wasn't on possessions. It was on glorifying God. Job one twenty one after in chapter one when all the, Job goes through all those horrible things. I mean Job finds out all his possessions, all his flocks, they've all been destroyed. He finds out all of his kids are dead. All in one day, Job, before he had even read 1 Timothy 6-7, hadn't been written yet, for you brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Job in chapter 1, verse 21 said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job didn't even read 1 Timothy and he knew, hey, when I was born, I came in this world with nothing. When I die, I'm going to leave with nothing. The Lord gave. The Lord gave what? The Lord gave me all those possessions. The Lord gave me those ten children that He loved. The Lord gave him all that. The Lord gave him the health that he had, which shortly after that, He took that away. He understood that I... I've had all these things. I've had a great life. It came from God. Now He's chosen to take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's no, listen, I've got possessions that I, I care about. That I value. But it would, be, it would be wrong if I, was to, if I lost those things and I quit serving God. It's true. It, would, it would be obvious that I've got the wrong priorities. That I'm doing this for the wrong reason. You need to understand that uh, you know, being in the will of God sometimes, He might ask you to lose everything. But I can promise you, if it's in the will of God like Job, He's going to give He'll He'll take care of you. He'll give it back. He if He gave it to you the first time, He can give it to you again the second time. Or even the third time. God is in control. Everything we have is all we ought to look at it as all bonus. I mean, just imagine, uh, you know, and this is this is easy for us, you know, for me to say. I haven't uh, had anyone real close to me that's died recently. Brother Gomer, he has. He, uh, he just recently, you know, he lost his wife, and I have no doubt that that is a very difficult thing to deal with. It's a very difficult loss, but at the same time, and Job, I I, I know it tore him up losing his kid. But I remember I was thinking about it one time. That it's horrible. I heard about somebody who had lost their child, and I thought, man, that would—I can't even imagine what that would be like to lose a child or or to lose a spouse. The that would just tear you up. But then it came to my mind: what if? Would it be better though if you had never had them? And honestly, I thought, you know, at, at the time, I think I remember when I was thinking about that. Tommy, he was probably only a few years old. And I thought about just those few years I had, and I thought, you know what? Those few years were great enough. It would be worth the heartache. It would be worth it. And when I kind of got that, when I got that mindset, it told me that you know what? Everything that I've had up to today, everything that God has given me up to May twelfth, twenty thirteen, I'm thankful for, and it's a blessing. And if I lost it all tomorrow. While I would be devastated, I guarantee I would shed plenty of tears. I don't believe I would say, 
I would have rather never had any of it. I'm, and when I got that, kind of wrapped my mind around that, it made me feel like every day that I have, every day I have my health, every day I have my wife, every day I have my kids, it's all bonus. It's God being good to me one more day. It's God giving me a gift again and again and again. And someday if the Lord maybe takes one of those gifts away, and I pray He doesn't, it's still, God is still good. He's been good up to this point. He's not going to stop being good tomorrow just because He took something away. I'm not in this thing just for what I can get out of it, but I thank God that I am in this thing and He's been good to me. And He's going to keep on being good. And uh, I don't said I. I'm not saying I, I'm, that it wouldn't be painful to lose something. It would it would be devastating. But the reason it would be painful is because of how good God has been to me over these years. God's been so good that that loss would be extreme because He's given me so much, and so that makes me thankful today. And. Uh, that realization that what you possess is God's and not yours will help you with that. That's why so many people, they blame God whenever bad things do happen. Whenever they do suffer some kind of loss, they get out of church. They get out of the will of God. They, they blame God. I don't, and I guess it's because maybe they think they deserve all those things. And God has no right to take them away. If there was a God, why would He take away Whatever. Well, if there is a God, if He is the one that created this world and did everything He said in this book, then it was His to take. And why don't we be thankful for the time that He allowed us to have them? Listen, I've never had, and I probably never will have, a Lamborghini. I'll probably never have a car like that. However, if you were to let me use yours for a week, I would enjoy it. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be as good as owning my own, except if I did own my own, I'd have to pay the insurance on it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. But I'd still get to enjoy it. And if after a week you're like, hey, I need it back, hey, at least I had one for a week. At least I got to enjoy one for, for a little bit of time. And that's the attitude we ought to have. Hey, the Lord has given me a house right now that I'm, I'm enjoying. The Lord has given me some, a, a car that I am enjoying right now. The Lord has given me a family right now that I'm enjoying. They're not mine, but I remember, um, a few years, a couple years ago, my van, there was a, on my Ford, uh, Windstar, there was a recall on it. And I had to take it to the car dealer. And they were supposed to change something on it, but they weren't going to have the parts for a few months at least. And so they gave me this real nice, it was a Hyundai Sonata, nice, nice little car. They got great gas mileage. And during that time, when I got that car, I started doing this part-time job where I had to do a lot of driving and covering a huge area. And listen, I'm not lying. I am not lying to you. I'm not just trying to tell you a story. You know, because I'm preaching, I want it to sound good. They gave me that car, and I, I only did that job for about four months. And right around the time they finally, and I wasn't in a hurry, when they finally fixed that thing in my van, I had that job ended, and I had to give the car back. I didn't put one mile on my van doing that. I did it all on their loaner vehicle that they gave me. 
save myself a fortune on gas, save myself thousands of miles on my vehicle. And you know what? While I had that vehicle for four months, that whole time I knew it wasn't mine. And that whole and I remember when I gave it back, it was kind of tough seeing it go. I kind of gotten attached to it a little bit. I never had a car that new before. And I remember, but I remember thinking, hey, I am just thrilled to death that I had a new car for like four months. It was nice. It felt really good. And, and I, I wasn't too disappointed when I gave it back because it, I knew it wasn't mine. And that's the way we ought to feel about everything that we, that we say is ours. We need to make sure that you have your possessions and that your possessions don't have you. You've probably heard statements like that before. But Job, he was able to handle losing his possessions because they didn't have him. Job, remember what Satan accused Job of? He said, uh, you know, I'm going to go back and read it because I won't quote it right. But something about Job served these for not, let's see. Then Satan, yeah, Satan answered the Lord and said to Job, fear God for not. Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Put forth now thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Satan said, hey Lord, there's a reason that Job is such a good guy. There's a reason Job is serving you and hating evil. Look at all that you've done for him. Lord, you've put a hedge around his family. I can't even get to his family. I mean, look at his possessions. I haven't been able to touch his possessions. You've blessed everything he's put his hand to. Why wouldn't he praise you? Why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he be serving you? And the Lord said, alright, take everything he's got. Just don't touch him. And that didn't get Job. He, he kept going. He kept praising the Lord. Satan, he, Realizes he was wrong on that one. He says, well, you allow me to touch him. Allow me to take away his health. And then he'll curse you. Let me tell you, it's tough to do right when you are sick, when you're in pain. I mean, we were talking about today, you know, when you bang your head, there's just a rage that comes over you. It just, I don't know, there's some kind of nerves in there that trigger the anger part of your brain, I think, and you just, you're ready to smash something. And, uh, and so Satan's like, yeah, well, you know, Job's got his health. You taught, you let me get to his health, and it's going to change him. He got covered from head to toe with boils. And I've experienced two of those in my life. And it was too, too many. And I remember when I had those things, it gave me a new appreciation for Job. I thought, covered by these things. How horrible that would be. How painful. How, how disgusting. And Job, even in the midst of all that, after the just the the emotional and mental grief of losing everything that he has, now he's going through all this physical torment, and yet he still is serving God. Job, he was able to handle. He he was able to handle it because they did not own him. They didn't own him. They did not take priority over God's will. And listen, I it's there's many people in the Bible. I don't. I don't believe in bashing the rich. Okay, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go criticizing Mitt Romney like a lot of people did because of his riches. All right, if people are rich, you know, you know, good for them. It's fine. I might have to fight jealousy every now and then, but I don't think that's wrong. In the Bible, there was many people there that were very rich. 
and had great possessions. But uh, the possess or the possessions that Job had, it wasn't what they were all about. It wasn't what he was all about. The will of God was the most important thing in his life, and the Lord just happened it happened to be God's will for him to be very rich. We don't know what God's plan is for our life. We might we might not get our riches until we get to heaven. We don't know. We might not ever have that mansion until we get the mansion in heaven. And you know what? That ought to be fine. You get a mansion here in this earth, uh, it's eventually going to fall apart. It's only going to last for a little while. The one we get in heaven's eternal. But many people, though, they've allowed the possessions to be the focal point, and it's totally got them out of the will of God. Many times, like one man we're going to look at here, it caused them to go to hell. Matthew chapter 19, verse 22, very familiar passage. But a rich young ruler came to Jesus to say, What good thing must I do? Jesus said, No one wants in his heart. He says, Keep the commandments. I've kept the commandments. I'm doing that. I've got that covered. I'm good. I think this man was expecting Jesus to say, Man, you're good enough. You don't need to do anything else. I think that's what he was expecting. But Jesus knew what was in his heart. And he said, Give all that you have. Take all that you have. Sell it. And give it to the poor. And come follow me. And that man, he. His possessions, unfortunately, were his God. His possessions were his priority. And he couldn't let them go. And the Bible says, too, he went away sorrowful. I believe he wanted to follow Christ. He wanted to do the right thing. I think he wanted to get saved. But he allowed possessions to be that first God, which is proving that this man had not kept all the commandments. He had broken the very first commandment, Thou shalt have no other gods before Me. But by the way, Jesus did not even quote that one to him. because, And I think Jesus showed him. He didn't even need to. He showed him, You've got a God before Me. It's your possessions. It's what you have. And verse 22 says, But the young man heard that saying, He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He had them, but they also had him too. He could not let go of them. And you know, sometimes with possessions, they do. They, you know, I would be scared. I, I don't know if I would want too nice of a vehicle. Because I would be so worried about damaging it. If I had this, you know, this brand new vehicle with just, without a flaw in the body, and then a little rock comes and hits it or something, I'm, I'm going to be spazzing out. I'm not going to want my kids. Kids, you are not allowed to ride in this vehicle. But Dad, we got to go to church with you somehow. It's too far. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to want them in there. I mean, we've talked about before. You know, we've talked about someday. You know, getting some nicer furniture and stuff. We always, you can always get the cheap stuff. And my biggest reason for that is because we've got five kids, and they're going to be rough on it. And I don't want to go and spend a whole bunch of money on some really nice fancy furniture that I'm going to have to be panicking uh, that you know the kids are going to destroy that I'm going to be afraid to sit on because it's so nice. I like to sit down and eat on the furniture. But if it's something I, I won't be able to enjoy it as much. And all the couches we have in our house right now, they were all free. And I enjoy them very much. And you know I spill something on them uh, as long as my wife doesn't know about it. You know I hey <laughs> Oh well, 
I got it for free. I pay a bunch of money on it. It's different. Those possessions are going to start kind of taking over. And listen, and the Lord, He's been He's been good to us here at this church. And we need to always remember too that this place is His, and that and we ought to take care of it. We ought to take care of it. We ought to we ought to keep it clean. We ought to keep it maintained. We ought to it ought to be as time goes on. It ought to be better than when we got it. We ought to we ought to fix it up. We ought to you know do projects around the place. Try to improve it. Try to expand it. Take what God has given us and try to multiply it. Try to make it greater. Try to make it better. And always always understanding that this belong that this belongs to God. God's been good to us. God's given us you know these pews. He's given us these songbooks, and so we're going to take care of them. We're not going to go strip dribbling in them. That's happened to a few of them. If I find out who did it, <laughs> I found out who did one of them. I had to talk. And because they're not ours, we take we take care of it. And because this is God's, if something happened, and tomorrow a tornado comes through and it wipes this place out, we can understand that you know what? All right, the Lord's taken our building away, but it was His to take. We're going to keep on assembling. We're going to keep on doing what we can, however we have to, and trust that God will give us something else in return. And He can do that. So keep that mindset on how to handle possessions. So let's all stand together.